Welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Back like we never left. Today is Saturday. The day before. February 10th. The day before February 11th. That's a good boy. Tomorrow is February 11th, and if you are unaware... Why did I want to say February 5th so bad? <laughs> like, 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 you know those moments where you're, like, committed to something, and then you have that one final brain cell that just comes running to the front, like, hold the train! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that, for sure. Uh, but today's February 10th, which means tomorrow, February the 11th, Super Bowl 58, where the Kansas City 49ers... Nope. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> See, my last brain cell wasn't fast enough. My, the Kansas City 49ers. My, my one versus, brain cell wasn't fast enough. It didn't versus, catch up to me. Versus the San Francisco it Chiefs. It, it didn't catch up in time. Uh, it hit my mouth first. The Kansas City Chiefs will take on the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. Uh, in what I've heard... From a lot of different people, might be a new Super Bowl favorite, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Um, I've heard a lot of people from five or six different media sites and and really eight or nine different people talk about how awesome the Super Bowl is in Vegas, how much they enjoy it in Vegas. Um, Did you see that so, the spear they've made the spear the helmets the for sphere? the two teams? Sphere, spear. Sphere. Spear. Like an F. The spear. You're like, saying spear, like something you stab somebody with. The sphere. Sphere. There you go. Sphere. There you go. Sphere. There you go. The sphere. There you go. Has been changed to be the helmets of the two teams. I've not seen that. That's dope. Yeah, it is really cool. Did you also see that someone climbed the sphere? I did. I did. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild, man. Do like okay like I've seen countless pictures of the sphere, and uh, I I never like I knew it was big you know because like naturally like you can see something in a cityscape and you're like that's big, but then when you see it like scaled like, see it, see to it. a yeah. human and you're like oh, oh that's oh big. that's a big boy yeah. Yeah. and like like my favorite thing about that whole thing was like. How do you go back down? Absolutely. That's always been my biggest fear when it comes to like heights, like whether it be ladders, whether it be climbing it's walls, not up there. whether it be high ropes courses, like yeah. whatever it is, getting up there is not my issue. It's getting down. My issue is being up there and getting down. Yeah. Those are my, like I can climb anything. Getting back down is my, is my big thing. When I was at, when I worked at camp, we had a training. Um, we we had two weeks of training, uh, and one of those two weeks was spent at the biggest camp in the conference, and uh, it was called, I think it was called conference training. And so every camp in the conference met at this one camp, and we did camping or we did training together. That's where we did stuff like WUFA, which is uh, wilderness first aid. We did stuff like regular first aid, CPR. Um, certain certifications that were camp wide or, <clears throat> or excuse me, conference wide, not just camp specific. So like archery, not every camp had archery and every archery is done a little differently. So we did that training at our camp. 
Right. But the big stuff we did all together. And so at this training, there was a CPR training that I was signed up for, even though I was already CPR certified. Mm -hmm. And so basically they said, okay, we know you know this, so if you'll just take the test, we'll just send you on. So we can at least make sure you still know it. And you can have free time. So I took the test, I passed it. I had a free block. And somebody else, one of my friends, was also had a free block. So we went to go on this hike. And there was a section... That was blocked off. You cannot go there. And so we naturally went there. Right. We went around the block and we went. And we very quickly found out why it was blocked off. So if you're a hiker, if you've ever hiked, I know you haven't. Erosion is uh, basically where the land kind of moves and it settles and, and, you know, the dirt slides and, you know, just weather over time erodes certain parts of hiking paths, stuff like that, to where they're no longer safe to traverse, which is what had happened here. But we were not afraid. We were going on these awful paths, these original paths that were now just steep hills. Like, it was a lot of whatever. Right. We ended up climbing to the top of this one section. Have no idea how to get down. <laughs> oh, no. On the way back, I, like, slid down and caught myself on a branch from falling all the way down. Um... My friend also slides down. He catches himself a little higher up. He helps me up. We're and I mean, it's one of the scariest like hours of my life because mm-hmm. I legitimate. I'm in this wild place. I don't know the path. We're off the path. Like it's a wild thing. The one thing that gave me solace is the people who were training for wilderness first aid, which are specifically people who are trained for hypothermia, falling off mountains, they set in broken bones, like stuff like that. Like if something were to happen on a hike, they're the ones who would help you as opposed to just a red, a random cut that any first aid certified person can treat and, and bandage up and stuff like that. We look down this mountain where we're potentially about to fall and they're down there. Oh no. <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know, at least if we fall, <laughs> there's people who know how to help us. <laughs> um, eventually we made it out. Um, And it was fine. We finished our hike. It was really a gorgeous hike. We went back to the path and all was well. But the getting back down, long story for me to come around and say, getting back down is the scariest part I know from personal experience. I need you to know that there were two points in that story where I was like, wait, what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but uh, hey, props to that guy. I don't get those people who like see a building and like a city and they're like, I'm going to climb that. Me either. Me either. There's a there's a video of a guy climbing the Sears Tower with no yeah like, help. I'm like, I'm no like, no no lines no delay no I nothing. I know it's and like, I'm like that. What is wrong with you? I had a roommate who got super into climbing video like movies. Uh, no, it was Chris. Chris was in the climbing. Yeah, dude. He didn't do it, but like for a second there, dude. It Can was, you imagine Chris now climbing? It was climbing Love videos you, like. There was one specific one that was like, I can't remember what it was called, but it's like this giant mountain that's got like a crack up the middle of it and you climb in the crack or something like that. It's, I I, I just like, I was watching this and I'm like, man, that just seems like a lot of dumb. Yeah. You know, I, th- that's so odd to me to think of Chris climbing it, and, and he Greg, didn't, that's he didn't like, climb. He just no, no, watched no, no, know, others climb. But like, I, I imagine Chris now, like the Chris we know mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Climbing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he, he's the most chill laid back guy I've ever met in my life. He's not going to climb. 
Like, especially with like no ropes. I don't think I've seen Chris get up in the last three years where he hasn't gone and got up. <laughs> like, he's just. I feel like Chris is the type of guy. I don't mean this insult, Chris. If you're listening to this, I don't mean this insultingly. What's the over under on his pull ups right now? But he's very like. Like, like, just he wants to chill. He's domesticated, know? and he he works his butt off. Like he does manual labor for a living. So, like, I'm sure when he's not working, he probably wants to just, you know, yeah, yeah. Just no one saw what I just did. Yeah, I just kind of like to say vegged out in the back of my but, <laughs> I thought you were. Um, hold on, hold on. For everyone who was like listening, right? Which is everyone because we don't have video. Yeah. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, is he does this like motion and then he's like, oh, you know, since you couldn't see me, I did. And you started to do the motion and again. And then I explained it. But I thought that you were just going to do the motion oh, no. again. No. Be like, David, that doesn't help anyone. But it is Super Bowl weekend. In three hours, it will be Super Bowl Sunday. And we are gearing up for an exciting Super Bowl rematch from a couple seasons ago. Here's the cool thing. Okay. We're recording this Saturday night. Yeah. Most people will probably listen to it after. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how right we are. Like, I'm I'm interested to see the people who listen to this on Monday and are like, man, they nailed it. (laughs) Or, 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 man, they were way off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, but there's been a couple, couple podcasts out there who've been putting forward their top 10 lists of the top 10 players playing or starters playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not the top 10 chiefs and the top 10 49ers, the top 10 period overall. So David and I decided to match that and we have, we have prepared our own lists. Yeah, we have. Now I think we should go 10 to one. All right. Player for player. Player for player. U10, me 10, U9, me 9. That's correct. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, man. For 10, I got Nick Bosa. You're wrong. What? What? 10? Yes, 10. 10? 10. You think there are nine guys better than Nick Bosa? Yes. Okay. Okay. Listen, man, this was a hard list to make. Okay. I agree with that. One through five, or one there through... Were, there were probably 15 guys I wish I could have put on this list. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree with that 100%, but 10, mm, 10. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, I got... Do, do you care to explain why? I think he's really good, and yeah. I'm not... Like, we're talking about the top 10 players playing in the Super Bowl. I think it goes without saying that they're really good. Yeah. But when you look at the other players on this list, I think with the season... That he's had and how it started out real strong and then it kind of started to putter out. Like it's still playing at a high level, but compared to the other guys, I think I have to slot him in at 10. I'm so are you basing this off this past season? I'm basing this on the current form I see them entering the Super Bowl. Okay, see, I'm not. I'm basing them off the 10 best players in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm counting a, their whole career. Now, I'm including this season, right. so but I'm me, including their whole career. Let me, let me elaborate just a, a little more. It's not okay. just form. Like, there's this there's this uh, formula in my brain that factors in, you know, like, the past seasons of success, the perceived, yeah. like, 
skill and ability of the player versus the form that they're in. The, like, it's a culmination. Yeah. Okay. My 10 is Legereus Sneed. Okay. <clears throat> now, the reason he cracked the top 10 is because of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, his whole career, he's been good, which has been a short career. He's still a young guy. But this season, he's allowed one touchdown all year, and that was against the Bills mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Right. Uh, against Legereus Sneed this season, he's like 52% completion percentage and like a 62 QBR. He has been very, very, very good. And um, going into this season, or going into the Super Bowl, he has been one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the league this year, uh, which is what kind of propelled him into my top ten. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. Uh, And that's why he's my nine. Okay. Uh, I think he's been one of the more underrated defensive players in the league this season. I think he's kind of like the Tyreek Hill of cornerbacks, where he might not have the best hands or the best coverage, but his speed, he's so fast that it's able to kind of make up for a misstep here and whatnot and closing gaps on those breakaway balls. Yeah. And I think I think that he's going to be one of the more important matchups that we see in this game. Cause, and, we'll, and we'll get more into that later, but I think... The Sneed versus Ayuk matchup is going to be the main one to watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, my nine is Fred Warner. Okay. I think Fred Warner is the third best cornerback or cornerback linebacker uh, linebacker in football behind Roquan Smith and Zaire Franklin. Okay. Um, I think he is just absolutely incredible, and that's not like a lot of these guys I have as like top one or two in their positions mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. And the ones that aren't, that's just because that's how top-heavy their positions are. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, Fred Warner's the third best in the league, so how is he a top-ten player on just these two teams? That's because that's how good Roquan Smith and Zaire Franklin are. And I think Zaire Franklin, just the last two years, has jumped Fred Warner yeah. in the linebacker conversation. Um, and so that's why Fred Warner's on this list, because of how good uh, Roquan... Um, Zaire are, but Fred Warner is still a beast. He's an incredible linebacker. Good luck in the open field against Fred Warner. I'm just saying, I don't know if the flash could make him miss a tackle. Mm-hmm. Dude is incredible. Uh, I got him at nine. Okay, okay. Uh, you're going to be very upset with my Fred Warner placement. But... <laughs> oh my gosh. Probably. At number eight for me, this is where I have Brandon Ayuk. On the 49ers. Uh, You're making a face, and I'm sure a couple of people are making faces. You think Brandon Ayuk is better, a better wide receiver than Nick Bosa is a better edge? I think right, like, this is where I factor in that current form. Oh, man. That's crazy to me. I think right now Brandon Ayuk is playing some of the best football of his career and is playing like a top five wide receiver in the league. That's now, I don't think... That's crazy I don't, to me. I don't think he is a top... What? I don't think he is a top five wide receiver. But I, I love... Ayuk is my 11. Like, okay. if, if Ayuk... If this... If one of these guys was not here, he'd be in the 10. Like, mm-hmm. I think Ayuk has been great this season. He's been really good in the playoffs. Like, I'm not trying to diss Ayuk. But eight above Bosa is wild to me. I... And I'm not saying Ayuk is a top five receiver. That's not and what I do I'm love saying Ayuk. at all. I do love Ayuk. Right. Do not give me. Wrong. No, I got you. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that he's a top five wide receiver at all. I'm saying with his current form, I think he's really solidified himself as the 49ers true number one wide receiver over Debo. So I you mean, don't have Debo in your top 10? I do not have Debo in my top 10. Interesting. I think Debo is a change of pace game. I think he, if this was like the top 10 game breaking players, I would have Debo up there and he'd be high up there. But I think he's such a home run guy that he's the guy that you're throwing the ball to get 15 yards on third and 25 when you're going for it on fourth down. You yeah. know what I mean? So I have Debo at eight. Okay. And part of the reason why for me is I, I think Debo is better than just his stat line shows. Yeah. Because of one stat and one stat alone. And that is that this team wins 70% of the time he's on the field and loses like 80% of the time he's not on the field. He's definitely that, a spark plug. Like that stat alone tells me that he is, his contribution is significantly more than just what's on the stat line. He's a guy who can disguise. He's a guy who can block. He's a guy who can run. He's a guy who can catch. And he does make incredible, incredible catches. Like, I think when it comes to Debo and Ayuk, I love Ayuk, and I really think they're close. I think Debo is just a little more. I think Debo is just a little more. uh, And that's really probably a preference thing. But it's almost like when you see... um, when we saw Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Right. Right? Uh, Adam Thielen looked better because of being with Justin Jefferson. And so I think when you have two elite pass catchers, one can be made to look better because of the other. And I think Ayuk looks better because of Debo. Yeah. I can hear the argument for the opposite, but, but the way I see it is Ayuk is made to look better because of Debo. So to me, it's really hard to sit back and give an, a fully uh, concrete grade on Debo Samuel. Yeah. Because he's kind of like the, the closest comparable I can make right now just off my brain. And while I know there's a closer one to make is how Real Madrid is using Jude Bellingham this season where he's kind of a, a midfielder and a forward. Yeah. It's this like kind of meshed position that we're not really seeing anyone else deploy. So it's really hard to kind of measure him against other players because there's not really a clear comparable. So like, while what you're saying is completely true and I agree with you and Debo Samuel is a great player. I think a lot of the uh, difficulty that comes in game planning against him is from how, Swiss Army knife he is but for see, I think an there's offense. something to be said about that. No, because no, there not is. Not only is he an elite pass catcher, he's really good running the football. Right. He's really good disguising plays. He's like I think and I think like no one is scared of someone who does all those things badly. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so the fact that he does all those things and does them well enough to scare defensive coordinators, I think is something to be said. I I I really like Debo. I do <clears throat> think that Ayuk is a better pass catcher than Debo. But like you were talking about, Debo brings so much more to the table that I think it's going to come down to 
how they use each specific guy. And what I mean by that is, and that's the beautiful thing of this system and the players within it, is that if it's not working for one, you can go a completely opposite direction with the other. Yeah. And theoretically, one of those two should work. And if neither work, you have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Yeah. Like, Who is high on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. All right. Who you got at seven? Travis Kelsey. That's... <laughs> that makes me want to punch you. Uh, listen. That makes me want... Seven? Yeah. Just the, he's the best tight end in the game, and you have another tight end above him? No. George Kittle is not on my list. <laughs> wow. Okay. What? Uh, I think I think a lot like oh, wow. the I I'm gonna go ahead and say that sixty percent of the reason what? that who, so who I know Iuke is obviously one player you have that I don't who's the other one? Uh, I would have Kelsey a lot higher. He's been wow. great the last couple weeks. But the Chiefs' offense, all the receiving threats have had a drop problem, which makes me just a hinge concerned. Not, like, overly, but Travis Kelsey is getting older, and it looked like he was at times having a hard time getting it going on the field. You know he had 116 116- passing uh, or receiving yards and three touchdowns against the best defense in football last week, right? No, he did. He did okay. for sure. He he did for sure. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. I think I think that the That's crazy. I think he was a better matchup for the Ravens given how they use Patrick Queen than he would be for the 49ers. The volume is going in and out of my left ear and it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, it's been doing that the last No, 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 no. It's been disappearing at times. Yeah. And then randomly coming back 20 minutes later. Uh Uh-huh. Right now it's going in and out. Oh. So like every other word. I can hear, I can't. I can hear, I can't. Let me just say really fast. I think you need something called a new microphone. I think I need a a new new headset. headset. Yeah. Yeah, a new headset. Anyway. Man, that's wild to me. That's crazy. I think, like, but like, but I'll tell you why. When I get to Kelsey, my Kelsey Again, plays. I think Kelsey is the greatest tight end to ever play. And there is something to say about the career game, like the career records and stats he now holds. You know, he was 14 yards away from another 1,000-yard season. Yeah. You know that, the, like, there's no other tight end in David, football, in the history of football, that has more than, like, two yeah, thousand yard not, seasons. We're not talking about their career, like where they stand, just like all time. We're talking about like who is the best starters going into this game, and like they're like they're. I'm, I'm not hating on Travis Kelsey here, but even like okay, even even with his downplay this season, mm-hmm. he's basically pulled a Rob Gronkowski and elevated not, himself in the playoffs. So I would argue. That going into this game, he's the best he's looked in five years, given his three playoff games. I I think part of it comes from a lack of confidence in your other receiving options. I think, I, again, I'm not hating on Travis Kelsey here. It's more of a giving flowers to other players than it That's is crazy, a bro. discreditation of Travis Kelsey. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. I'm more giving props to other guys. 
But who do you, who do you have at seven? George Kittle. Okay. An offensive lineman who's also the second best tight end in football. Yeah. He can block better than a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, and he is Mr. Dependable. Like, if if there is a if there is a play that breaks down and the ball just has to come out of uh, Purdy's hands, there are three people that they're gonna look at. They're gonna look first at Christian, they're gonna look third at Juszczyk, but the second person they're gonna look at is George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Because he has an insane ability to maneuver his body. Which if I'm I'm so still stuck on Travis Kelly. Did you see his did you watch the Ravens game? Yeah, didn't we watch it? Yes, that's what yeah. I'm Anyway. Uh, just some of the plays Kelsey made. You have him at seven. Yeah. And he had one of the best games of his playoff career less than two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's great. George Kittle's incredible. He can catch the ball really well. He's a great route runner, and he's literally as good of a blocker as I would say fifty percent of the tight of the um, offensive linemen in the league. Arguably, not arguably, he's the second best tight end in football right now, and the best, arguably the best blocking tight end ever. Um, he's incredible. Don't understand why he's not on your list. He's my number seven. So to me, the reason why I did not put Kittle on my list is he reminds me a lot of the goalie in hockey who makes the ground, like the crazy saves, like the, you know, chips are on the table. We need a huge save here. He's the guy who makes that Spider-Man save, but it's the normal saves that just kind of slips through. So like for, for Kittle, when there's a big third down that needs converting and he catches the ball and gets contact three yards into it he's getting the first down but he to me he seems to disappear on first and second downs when they're throwing him the ball i hear what you're saying i think that view minimizes his impact the blocking the the blocking part is very impressive and he is probably the best non-offensive lineman blocker in the league and it's not i'm not trying to say he's not good it's more of a there are so many just pure dogs in this matchup you don't think a tight end who can block a 260 pound defensive lineman is a is a dog i'm not saying that he isn't i'm saying that there are more than 10 in this matchup well Again, I saw a, a compilation video mm-hmm. of all of the touchdowns this season that were directly because of a George Kittle block. Okay. And there were like 12. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like, that to me adds to George Kittle. Like, he's not going to have 1,200 yards or 1,400 yards like Kelsey's had in his career, but he's. He's going to have, like, if they gave assists on touchdowns, he would have, like, 14 every year. And so that's, like, that, to me, adds to why he's number seven on my list. I got you. Like, he's not the second best tight end in football purely because of his ability to catch the ball. Right. Because he he hasn't been second in receiving yards for a tight end in, like, 
five years. Yeah. But it's because he has an entirely other level of his game that he does also at an elite level. That a lot of other tight ends, especially now, and the way tight ends have been used as of the last 15 years, don't have anymore. So, like, that's why Kittle's on my list. I feel like you're real triggered. I, you, you have Travis Kelsey at seven! I'm sorry. What's your number six? Brock Purdy. That's crazy to me. And I'm I'm the biggest Brock Purdy defender in the world. Wait. I am the biggest Brock Purdy defender in the world. I thought you were going to get mad at me that he was... He's not on my list. I mean... Say what... I mean, like, that's crazy to me. Like, we're talking about... Well, go ahead. We've directly seen how different this 49ers team is without without Brock Purdy versus yeah. with Brock Purdy. You talk about the impact of Debo on the field, off the field. I mean, Brock Purdy has I'm fine it's it's actually really funny right now cuz I'm giving him his flowers and you're not and usually it's the flippity flop. But I I think Brock Purdy this season has really shown that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's leading. Even though this team is very deep, he's le- he's led this team through adversity this season. He has made those clutch, put the team on his back throws when need to, when he needs to. And to me, I think in a year, if if we get a rematch in a year, he's going to be third, not sixth, on this list. So I love Brock. I obviously I've defended Brock Purdy to the. To the very dark end. Yeah. Like, I love Brock Purdy. I've gotcha. said multiple times on this podcast, I think Brock Purdy's a top six quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I am not trying to diss Brock Purdy at all. But, he's the sixth best quarterback in the league. Yeah. When I say he's top six, that's because he's sixth. Kittle's the second best tight end. I think Debo is the fourth best wide receiver. I think Fred Warner is the third best. Hold the phone. You're right. He's probably top five. Top five. He's probably top five. He's top ten. Maybe. That's a different conversation for a different time. Top Fred Warner is top three. And LeJarrius Sneed, I would argue, is top two, top one. Like, so, like, it's not that... I think for me, I'm not talking when I made this list. I'm not looking at impact on the field because mm-hmm. if you're looking at impact on the field, it's Mahomes one, Purdy two. Yeah, right. Like I'm not looking at impact because the quarterback is the most impactful player. I just think Kittle's a better tight end than Purdy as a quarterback. I think Debo's a better receiver than Purdy as quarterback. I think Fred Warner's a better linebacker than Lejarius Sneed is, or Lejarius. Fred Warner is a better linebacker than Brock Purdy as a quarterback, and Legarius Sneed is a better corner than Brock Purdy as quarterback. So, like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, no, I hear I, you. I love Brock Purdy. I think he's top six. I think the rest of these guys are above top six. Oh, I got you. And I, I think that, like, so that that's my biggest thing here. If we're talking about impact, I think he's number two. But with, I, like, just pure skill at the position, I don't think he's top ten on these teams. I I mean, and like, I love Brock Purdy. I love Brock Purdy. Right, right. But we're talking about between these two teams. So to me, the overall positional ranking across the league is irrelevant. To me, that is great if we're factoring in every team, but we're really just comparing a hundred and six players. I, I I mean, I get what you're saying. So like, is I there? Get, I understand what you're saying, but like, 
So you don't think being the third best linebacker in football, although you have Fred Warner above, oh, so that's not a good one. You don't think being the best cornerback in football means you're a better corner than the top six quarterback is a quarterback? Well, to me, Legereus Sneed is not the best cornerback in football. To me, he's definitely up there, and he's had a really strong season that he played like the best corner in the league, but it's one season. You know, he's been in the league for a little while. It's, he was a bit of a raw prospect. So, okay, so, okay, then then forget LeJerry Sneed. Where okay. do you have George Kittle right now in the league at tight end? I have, I'd have him at two. So However, you don't think... I could see him being four at the end of next season. We're not talking about the end of next season. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about right no, now. No, no. But, like, what I'm saying is, like... If we're talking about where what, we could be, Legere no, no, Sneed no. isn't going to be on my list because I don't think No, no, no. What I'm trying list. to say is he's two, but it's not a safe two. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's but, what I'm trying to but say. all that's relevant is right now he's two. Yeah. So you don't think being the second best tight end in football means that you are a better tight end than Brock Purdy as a quarterback being the sixth best quarterback in football? I... Okay. So that's, that's why I say that. Like, I, I'm not trying to compare to the rest of the league, blah, blah, blah. But I think your ranking as far as the rest of the league goes is a good indication of where you are. Like, I think it's different per position, right? Yeah. But I think when it comes to quarterback and, let's say, tight end, mm-hmm. we have a lot of good tight ends in this league. Yeah. Especially the last couple seasons. Yeah, so I think it's, I think being the second best tight end gives you a little more like you are better at your position than the sixth best quarterback is at his position. Again, not talking about importance or impactfulness to your team because obviously that's Purdy. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Man. It's that's hard. It's really hard for me. It is, this is a hard. It's a hard list to make. As soon as I made it, I looked at you and I said. You're uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable yeah. with this list. To me, I can't remove the impact portion of it because that is very relevant. So you're saying George Kittle is a better tight end than Brock Purdy is a quarterback. And while I think the majority of people would agree with you, I think the difference in skill at the position is made up for by the impact. But see, so like, and like, I understand what again, you're saying. If you wanted I, to make this list accurate involving impact, Brock Purdy would be too. Yes, I'm. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying to not just because, like, if if we're just going off of also, if, you're if we're just impact, going, then why is Debo not on your list? Because Debo is more impactful as a threat than an actual weapon. Based on how San Francisco used him this past season, he was more used as a threat of a weapon as opposed to an actual weapon. Ayuk was the more was more of the uh, like it felt like the passing offense ran through him more. But if we're talking, if we're taking away, like if we're not considering the relevance to any degree, well, where do you rank Kyle Juszczyk? You know, like. I initially was going to rank check really high, but then I ultimately saw his impact on the team this season, and, it, like, he touched the ball 15 times, you know? So I understand. Like, I hear what you're saying about the skill, but I think you got you have to couple them. So I think when it comes to check, that's where I meant, like, 
relevance to position. Because, right. like, I would argue that the 10th best wide receiver in the league is better than the 10th best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Like, we have a lot of really good wide receivers in the Absolutely. NFL. Absolutely. So, like, when you talk about just skill at position, yeah. I would say the equivalent to the 10th best quarterback in the league is probably the 16th or 17th best wide receiver in the league. Okay. And so, okay. when it comes to fullback, there's really only one good fullback in the league. And it's Juszczyk. And it's Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Because no one uses fullbacks. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, that, like, that's where I think it's different with Kyle Juszczyk. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's harder to place him. Because, and he's he is good at what he does, but he never does anything. And it's so such it's, it's a really niche, hard to place him. It's such which an is outlier. why he wasn't in my list. Yeah, he's not yeah. in mine either because it, it is such an outlier. Yeah. But like you see what I'm what I'm saying though, where like just because he's the goat of fullbacks, I can't put him in because he's not really used. He's more. But as again, a that's goal why line it's different for position. Like, no, no, no. It is it being is. that he's the only relevant fullback in the league. It's hard to say. That he is better at being a fullback than Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Right, right, right. No, no, no. Like, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I I just have Brock Purdy higher on the list because, like, we've seen what happens to that 49ers team without Kittle versus without Purdy. And one of those is, like, one of those is a lot worse than the other. Listen, man, I'm not mad at Purdy getting some love over there. Especially from a guy who's been crapping on me for giving Purdy the love all year. I love Purdy. I do. I, I was just, about to say, I'm finally giving your boy some I love. Know. Listen, and you're hating And I me. love it. I love it. <laughs> I just don't think he's one of the ten best players. I at their position. Again, if he was if this was talking about impact, he would be number two for me. But I honestly think that I'm ready to label Purdy as a clear top five quarterback in the league. I, I don't know that I'm there yet. I, I think at the end of the season I'm really gonna look at like, like kind of look at all of it. But I like know. he's he's great. I think he's minimum top six. I maybe I know, top five. I know I'd have to really I know it's not it. the conversation, but just off the top of your brain. You gotta think too, this season was weird. Because it was like a very I, weird Joe season. Burrow, I think, is a clear cut top five and he missed most of the season. He did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like we didn't see him play all season, but right. I still think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I will be intrigued to see how Rodgers I looks. Agree. And I agree. I very mu- I think his response to the Achilles injury is going to be huge. I very much agree with that. To me, I don't but think based he's off can... the last time we saw him, right? But you got to keep in mind he hasn't played football in a year. Yeah, it, which is very. And I, I think to me right now, Aaron Rodgers is unrated. To me. Like, he is just – if I had to rank every starting quarterback, I'm going 1 through 31. Because between us, dude, I have no idea where to put Rodgers. Well, then why are you ranking Kirk Cousins? Who said anything about Kirk Cousins? He also has a torn Achilles. He's coming back from the same injury. I mean, yeah. So well, why can you not rank Aaron but you can Cousins? Okay, 1 of 30. Okay. So what about Joe Burrow? Because – He had the wrist injury missed half the season, more than half the season. I, I think it's I think because of Burrow's age, it's a little bit easier to rebound from a major injury. That's fair. Uh, I think that's a very relevant you know piece of the puzzle. Do you have Josh Allen above or below Brock Purdy? Going into the season, I had him above. Right now, I'm not entirely sure. I still think he's above. I think I think they're. I still think he's better than. Brock. I think they're around the same spot. I still think he's better than Brock. Okay. I still think he's better than Brock. Uh, but I can like, but we got, off the top of my head. You got Mahomes. I go Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar, Dak, 
I'd put him over Dak. I think Dak the had season a season Dak had this season? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but the season that Brock had this season. Was not as good as Dak's. Yeah, but it was it was all it was strong and it wasn't following his worst career season. You know? I think I think and and it's unfair to Dak because there's more tape on him. There's more negatives to pull from. When did this reverse? <laughs> Typically I'm the one defending Brock Purdy. I know. And you're the one talking against him. I, this is uh, I, I think it's unfair to And I love I love Brock Purdy. Like, yeah. don't, I think if we're looking five years down the road, I think Brock Purdy might be a top three quarterback. Like I believe in Brock Purdy. I think But like I he had a better season than Patrick Mahomes. Right. You can't I like think, he's obviously not better than Patrick Mahomes. I think that and again, I think this is unfair to Dak, but I think this is just the nature of the business. We uh, of what we have seen of both guys, ninety five percent of what we have seen from Brock Purdy has been just lights out exceptional football, where only seventy five percent of what we have seen from Dak has been that level of play. It's it's a lot of recency bias. I think ninety five is a lot for 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 Brock. I can only think of two games in his career where he wasn't fantastic, and they were you're this missing, season. You're missing some games, but are you, are we sure he had three games in a row with multiple picks? Yeah, but multiple picks I, I, alone I think, isn't I think, the no no no, but like. We'll we'll go through the stats together later. We're forty one minutes into this pod. That oh, we need to Jesus. we need to move on to number five. Yeah, or my number six. But like, I I think you're certainly missing on some because and there have been some games where they've won and Brock Purdy's been pedestrian. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's because he only threw twenty passes. Right. But he only had, you know, one hundred and eighty passing yards and one touchdown. And granted, Why? that's because he didn't. Why don't you? Whatever. But that's not showstopper. You know what I mean? Like what you're describing. But anyway, that's a different conversation for a different time. I'm sure we'll get into that in the offseason. Absolutely. Um, I don't have Purdy on my list. I think he's great. I love him. My number six is Nick Bosa. Okay. I I don't hate it. I agree with you that he had a down year this year, but I don't think that takes away from just how dominant of an edge he is. Yeah. He's very, very good. He's been really good in the postseason. He, um, I think the same reason people argue why Miles Garrett should have won the depoy, which – should have been T.J. Watts. But, like, not everything he does shows up on the stat sheet. And mm-hmm. I agree with that with Miles Garrett, and I think it also applies to, to Nick Bosa. Uh, he has a lot of pressures. He has a lot of hits. Just because he doesn't have a lot of sacks, or as many sacks, he still has a lot of sacks, right. uh, does not take away from me. He also led his team in tackles this year. Uh, so, like, you know, I think he's very good. I got you. I got you. So what are we on? Number, number five? five. <laughs> number <laughs> we are crawling through this. Number five. My number five is Chris Jones. My number five is also Chris Jones. I think, I mean, he's the second best defensive tackle in the league. He eats space, which is incredibly valuable. Don't pretend like he's better than Aaron Donald. No, 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 no. You were, you were rocking no, your head no, back I'm and forth. I'm rocking my head because I was thinking about saying something and thinking about not... I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. I would go so far as to say I think he's the third best defensive player in all of football. Okay. Behind Aaron Donald, one. TJ Watt, two. I think... Chris Jones. I think outside of Aaron Donald, it's really hard to gauge a defensive tackle skill. Because, the like, like you were talking about with Bosa, 
more so with the t- defensive tackles, the vast majority of their contribution is not something that's shown up on your personal stat sheet. In order to see that, you really got to look at the team opponent team's rushing offense versus this team because that defensive tackle plays a huge role in tying up the center and one of the guards which you know we all know that tackles play the pass game the interior is for the run game and i i think part of my list i feel like was influenced by the impact i think that they will have in this game i think forcing cmc to go outside which even though that's his bread and butter but for taking away the inside threat of running the ball is going to play a lot into the chiefs uh, advantage because you know whether it's mccaffrey or debo or brock they're having to go outside the tackles to move the ball on the ground yeah um that was your number five oh yeah also my number five same what's your number four my number four is, is this where you have Fred Warner? Yeah, that's crazy. Now he, here's where I'm going to trigger you. That's crazy. I don't think Zaire Franklin is a top two middle linebacker in the league. That's also crazy. I think he's had a very strong two seasons, but Fred Warner's been having those seasons his entire career. But I think Zaire Franklin is more of a run middle linebacker, a run support middle linebacker, where I view Fred Warner more like Patrick Queen as that kind of field general fill in where is needed. And I know that's kind of like a nothing burger of a statement because, you know, every player fills in where needed. But you see Fred Warner contributing more across the board than it's I think it's the same argument for Patrick Queen. And I think Fred Warner and Patrick Queen are kind of tied for middle linebacker one and two. I think it's kind of a, ro- a rotating door of sorts. So you know the last two seasons, Zaire Franklin... Has had 166-plus tackles. Has had more tackles, 30 more tackles... Yeah. ...at his lowest in the last two seasons than, than Fred Warner ever has in his career. Yeah, but then you look at the pass deflections, the interceptions... He had 11 passes deflected and zero interceptions this year. Who? Fred Warner. Yeah, but he also had four forced fumbles. I'm talking about across the board. He had six um, TFLs. Okay. Yeah, he's. I, I I view Fred Warner more as a coverage middle linebacker than a run support middle linebacker. So I think we're looking at two players who are u- utilized differently, and that is why the stats are so different. They're both very strong seasons, but I think Fred Warner is a better middle linebacker. Oh, I lied. He had four interceptions this year. I, I read the zero in the wrong column. He had four interceptions this year. I think I think it's I think it's I think for I look at Fred Warner the way you look at Debo. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. That's how I view Fred Warner. And I and I like I said just on the last one, I think part of this is gonna be part of my list was impacted by the impact I think they're gonna play in this game. I think Fred Warner on Travis Kelsey is gonna be the premier matchup to watch while the Chiefs are on offense. Interesting. Interesting. Yep, that's way too high. But my number four is where he should be. He's the greatest tight end of all time. He's the greatest postseason pass catcher of all time. He leads all pass catchers in receiving touchdowns in the postseason all time. He passed that this year. He and his quarterback have the most touchdowns between a 
quarterback and a pass catcher in NFL history also got that record this year. Oh yeah, and he's done it in half of the time as a lot of these other guys, and that's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is far and away the best tight end in football. I think he's the best tight end in NFL history. He's no question the best uh, tight end in NFL playoff history. Not even a little bit of a question. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would argue a top two, top three pass catcher in playoff history. Uh, You having him at seven makes me want to smack you. He's at four where he belongs End of discussion. We're talking about three spots difference. Who's your number three? Trent Williams. Okay. I thought you were going to argue a little more. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to uh, go right into it. <laughs> Trent Williams. He's also mine. So our top three is probably the same. I, I don't see how they could be different. Yeah. Yeah. Trent Williams is number the one, best. Number one, obviously, Robbie Gold. <laughs> uh, Trent Williams is the best left tackle in all football. Yeah. and like, uh, He's arguably the best left tackle in the history of football. And he he's is, still playing at such a high level. At 37 years old. He hasn't allowed a sack all season as a left tackle. And he's only allowed four QB hits yeah. all season at left tackle. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, Trent Williams is such a quiet, important piece to the 49ers' success. Because while the quarterback position is the most important, it's the perceived most important position, in the league, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback if their blind side is just non-existent. You know what I mean? Um, or their blind side protection. Fun fact. Yeah. How many games did the 49ers lose this season? Three? Four. Four. How many uh, games did Trent Williams miss this season? Did he miss four? Four. He missed three because of injury and one he sat out with the rest of the team. Right. Uh, rest of the starters. Not all of them, but most of them. Right. Um, every game he missed this season, did not play in the season, they lost. <laughs> Trent Williams is, like you said, I think silently one of the most important pieces on this team. Um, I think he is unquestionably the best left tackle in football. I would say arguably the best offensive lineman in football, and that hurts my heart because Quentin Nelson is incredible. Um, but he is so good at what he does. I really, it was hard for me as like a guy who loves football and loves like who doesn't pay attention to offensive lines because no one does when I'm watching a football game Mm -hmm. to put an offensive lineman at three. (laughs) But like, there's no other spot. Yeah. No other spot. I think may like before McCaffrey got to San Francisco. Because I don't, I don't think anyone would find it offensive or inflammatory to say that pr- Carolina McCaffrey was injury prone, uh, was hurt a lot. He had but, two major injuries. Yeah, but they, I mean, he's not very. He it was, he does he doesn't have a very long career. He's one of those guys who is significantly younger than you would think. Yeah. Um. So whether that was fair or unfair, whatever. But since he's gotten to San Francisco, he's really kind of gotten rid of that label that yeah. tag i think had he he's not been a season and a half but... yeah but he's been <laughs> that's been a season and a half that he hasn't gotten a hurt which yeah. before like the, there were three years before that you could not say that yeah um i think if mccaffrey still had that those like kind of injury concerns that kind of limited his 
availability and production on field, I would honestly say that there'd be a strong argument for Williams at two. Yeah. But given how one... Oh, you have McCaffrey at two? I do have McCaffrey at two. Interesting. Do you not? I have Mahomes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, whoa. No. I, obviously, yeah. Um, but like, not only has McCaffrey been healthy at two, but... He's also elevated his game in San Francisco. He's so good. Which is why my number two, big shocker, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Led the league in all-purpose yards. Led the league in touchdowns from scrimmage. Um, Far and away, far and away the best running back in football. I I would argue, outside of the quarterback position, best offensive player in football. Um. He's incredible. I'm going to say something. Yeah. And I think real quick. Okay. I think if somebody that is not a quarterback is going to win an MVP in the next five years, it's going to be, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. I, and you got to keep in mind who this sentence is coming from. Okay. This is probably going to be something that every 99% of people here and they're like, well, duh. But like, I think Christian McCaffrey is significantly better than prime Le'Veon Bell. Prime, like, wants to be paid like a top 10 running back and wide receiver Le'Veon Bell. That is where I hold McCaffrey. I think he's better. I don't know that I would say significantly. I think you're forgetting how good Le'Veon Bell was. No, no, Le'Veon Bell was a, incredible and I and you can like part of this might be unfair. I think it comes down to the getaway speed. Because McCaffrey <laughs> McCaffrey, you're not running him down. Whereas Le'Veon Bell was so good because he had to be patient because he was slow. I remember watching his combine mm-hmm. and watching him do the feed drills. Yeah. And like the um camera was focused on his feet as he's doing these drills and mm-hmm. i was like how my brain can't comprehend actually that let alone tell my feet to do it actually let me let me let me rewind because this i think it's i think i'm gonna rely on a comparable i used in our last hockey episode where i was talking about kucherov and mckinnon i think Le'Veon bell slowed the game down to where he could be elite and mccaffrey just outpaces everybody but see i think I think that's a skill in itself. Oh, absolutely. I think adds to Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? I, I think I think they are both skills because it's a like it sounds like what I'm saying is if you run fast enough, you're the best. It's not just the ability to hit that top speed; it's the ability to change gear so fast. So yeah. I'm talking not just speeding up, but slowing down, cutting side to side. Where Le'Veon Bell, a lot of his Perks and ability came from patience and slowing the game down, waiting for the clear path forward to establish and taking off. McCaffrey blazes the path. Yeah. You know? So I do think they are very difficult to compare, but that is where I hold McCaffrey. Like, that is in my brain where I hold him. I hold him in that high of regard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love McCaffrey. He is the best player in football outside of this number one guy. Um, he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely amazing. But absolutely. number one, obviously, Patrick is Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. 
this guy, just to put it in perspective, this is his sixth season as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. In those six seasons, he has won two MVPs. Yep. He's won six division titles. Yep. He has been to the AFC Championship game six times. Yep. He has two or two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs, and four Super Bowl appearances. Hey, David. And by the way, he might add another Super Bowl and another Super Bowl MVP by the end of it. Does it bother you that Patrick Mahomes has been borderline as if not more successful than Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning No, at this point in his like career? No. I've said this before and I'll say it a hundred times. Patrick Mahomes is the most fun I've ever had watching football in my life. He's, he's, a, he's electric. He is the most woogie, woogie, fun woogie. I have ever had watching football in my life. I, I am a Mahomes stan. Like, yep. I will defend Mahomes till the day I die mm-hmm. because I've never seen anyone with the ability to do the things Patrick Mahomes does. Right. In any sport. Like, he is incredible. I think he finishes his career as the greatest quarterback of all time. I said this at the end of last year. If he retires today, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I agree. He has done more in a six-year career than 99.99% of players have done in their entire careers. Or coaches, if you want to throw coaches or into coaches. that. Or coaches. Like, he is the most transcendent player this league has ever seen. Yeah. He is absolutely incredible. We've seen him make 10-yard completions with his left hand. We've seen him get the ball 40 yards downfield while On being parallel. On a dot. While being parallel. I will never forgive... Miko Hardman for dropping, for dropping the best play in Super Bowl history. Yeah, incredible. Like, I mean, well, listen. In now, six years, he's lost twice or to two different people. He's wait, lost to two people. Wait, wasn't that against the 49ers? No, it was against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Dang, I was about to say. Well, Mahomes, Hardman, you have an opportunity. <laughs> no, it was a, it was in the Super Bowl uh, against the Bucks because it was the one where. His offensive line was just garbage, and he mm. was being chased the whole whole game. Right, which is why he had to yeah be parallel to the ground. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Mahomes is the best player in the world. Best player I would argue to ever step on a field. I'm not going to call him the greatest quarterback in NFL history yet because Tom Brady still exists and he's only six years into this thing. But I think just like I I, well, I can't unconfirmed breaking news. Okay, Taylor Swift has just landed in LAX and. Appears that she will make the Super Bowl. I don't know why anyone is surprised by that. I mean, it just—it seemed like it, she's a way ahead of schedule for one, but it seemed like it would be a little. Is she? Yeah. The concert was last night. I mean, but time zones. Friday night. Like last night to them was today. Was it? Because of the difference. What time is it in Japan? I don't know. Whatever. Point is. Mahomes is goaded. He's incredible. Um, I, I, Again, I'm not going to call him the greatest quarterback of all time by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're telling me, like, look at Tom Brady's best, it's not as good as Mahomes' best. You it know is. what I mean? So, again, Mo- Brady is still the goat. He's still the greatest of all time. I'm not saying that Patrick is. I think he's the most talented best quarterback to ever play football. I'll say it. Mahomes is the GOAT. I'm not I'm not there yet. 
Listen, um, it is 1.23 p.m. Sunday, February 11th in Japan right now. Dang. All right. In Tokyo. Wow. There you go. But uh, what, where, do you, where do you think this game's going to go? How do you think this game's going to go? Where do I think it's going to go? Nowhere. It's a stadium, Thomas. It's it's locked in place. You know what I mean. Stadiums don't have You don't got to be such a right. smart... Uh, as far as how I think it's going to go, I've seen a lot of different people say a lot of different things, and I really don't know. (laughs) I have also seen Um, a lot of people say a lot of different things. You know where I know it is not going to go? I know that the Titans are not going to come rushing down the stadium at (laughs) halftime and win the Super Bowl. That's what I, like, this is not going to be some WWE plot twist in the half and shenaniganery. That's not going to happen. But yeah, man, I don't. I think ultimately the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I agree. Again. Yeah. Um, I will say this Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Um, not the GOAT, but second GOAT. Um, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. He's been there, he's done that, he's got the experience, right? Like, that's the biggest thing for me is you have. The best playoff tight end to ever play. Mm-hmm. I would argue the best playoff pass catcher to ever play. Uh, on the same field as someone who may very well end as the greatest quarterback of all time uh, in Patrick Mahomes. This is their fourth Super Bowl in six years as Mahomes as a starter, obviously. Um, I think with like the playoff experience that they have and the lack of playoff experience for San Francisco – Edge Kansas City. Also, just looking at uh, defensive ability, I think we've seen multiple times the best offense in the league go up against the best defense in the league. Uh, and when you have one of the best offenses in the league going against one of the best defenses in the league, nine times out of ten, actually I think specifically it's like 30 times out of 31, the defense takes that. And Kansas City's defense is substantially better this year than San Francisco's. And that's not to say San Francisco's has been bad, but um I think KC has been KC's has been yeah probably I mean, one the, of the best, three best in football. It's probably been the best KC defense we have seen in the Mahomes. Not probably, definitely. Yeah. Like by a like, lot. And there are stats which is which is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um and so because of that also edge Kansas City. Now the one thing I will say in San Francisco's favor is that we have seen them get off to slow starts and overcome deficits already twice in this postseason. Yeah. We have seen them struggle and be able to overcome twice already in this postseason. Now, that's awesome and like good for good for Purdy. To me, it's very reminiscent of the time when uh, Patrick Mahomes overcame 10-point deficits in every single game of the postseason, including the Super Bowl, right? It's reminiscent of that. But the difference is they made these comebacks on the Lions defense and the Packers defense. And then we saw one of the most explosive offenses in um, Baltimore not be able to do anything against the Kansas City defense. So that is where, to me, uh, this biggest difference comes. is the, the things that the 49ers have done well this season – have been against lackluster defenses, not against the third best defense in football, who have already shut down 
the 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, and the um, Buffalo Bills. So I like Kansas City in this. I, the, the thing that I'm struggling with the most is, is it going to be high scoring? Is it going to be low scoring? That's where uh, the question marks are. I don't know. I could see it being a low-scoring game. I could see it being a shootout. I really don't know. I think, I do think Kansas City wins by by two scores. I think the final score of this game is 17-27 Chiefs. I think Travis Kelsey and Fred Warner have a crucial matchup. This game is defined by Debo's running, Christian McCaffrey's receiving, and I think Rasheed Rice puts an exclamation point on his rookie season in this game. Yeah, I can see it. That's what I, I think happens. I, I will say this too. I think Mahomes and Purdy each throw at least one interception. Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception in six consecutive playoff games. I, He's only thrown one interception in the last two postseasons entirely i think we're uh, i think we're getting a real treat here in the units that we're seeing match and i don't think it's going to be a gaff on either i think it's going to be a huge high effort play by a defensive yeah. player wanting yeah. to make an impact in the biggest game of their career yeah that's what i think this game is defined by is yeah. who makes the most high effort plays by the way just real quick um do you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about the Baltimore game <clears throat> and I said I was disappointed in Baltimore for not running the ball more because mm-hmm. if Kansas City's defense has a weakness, it's running. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big weakness, but if they have one, it's running the football. Yeah. I was listening to the Colin Cowherd show the other day. Not, I found a clip on TikTok. And Colin Cowherd said verbatim, if they have a weakness – it's run defense, but I don't think they have a weakness. But if they do, it's, it's that, run defense. And that's what and you I've never attack. felt. I've never felt so good. We so use the same words verbatim, but I <laughs> used them first. But anyway, maybe he um, listened. I do think if they're going to get a lot of offensive yards, it is going to be uh, running the football. And I think Kansas City's defense, while that is their quote weakness, they are still a good run defense, and so. I just think San Francisco is going to be able to – or um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball a little more, uh, a little better. They're going to be able to push the ball downfield a little better. The one worry I do have is there are two offensive linemen out for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a bit concerning. Yeah. Nope, not two. One of them is a defensive tackle, hmm. not Chris Jones. I forget the other one. But Joe Tooney – is out. That's a big loss. And that is huge. But he was also out against Baltimore. And I don't I think Mahomes didn't get sacked or only got sacked once. Yeah. Well, to uh, me, you know, as a guard, that it's that run game that you're looking yeah. for that impact more. Um listen, I am probably the least excited for this halftime show of the last three Super Bowls. Really? I love Usher, man. He's my my middle school and high school. He, I mean, like, yeah, but like to me, all his stuff sounds the same. Well, that's a bit racist. What? They don't all sound the same, Thomas. No, David. They don't all look the same no. either, Thomas. No, jeez, David. 
David, this Jeez. is going on the internet. Stop Jeez, it. Thomas. Stop it. But uh, listen, I don't know who you think is going to be the star of the bowl. He was sacked twice last week, and they only had 89 yards rushing, so Tooney might be crucial. Anyway, do what? I, I, was, I was just starting our extra. Yeah, what did you say? I don't know who you think the star of the bowl is going to be. Oh. I don't know who you think is going to be taking home the Lombardi. I don't know if you're as excited for Usher as I am. I don't know if Andy Reid's going to get him a big old cheeseburger. I'm pretty confident in that, though. But uh, listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined. fined.